Welcome to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Martha. And our mission is to connect the past and the present Nikki Mom by celebrating our stories and what our babies have overcome. Whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone. Hi, and welcome back to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. It's me, Martha, and Ashley, and our super special third co-host, Kendra. (laughs) Kendra is wonderful. Uh, We've mentioned this before in other podcasts, but she is one of our board members. Fancy, fancy. Mm -hmm. And we don't live in the same place geographically, but spiritually, we're always together. Right, ladies? And through all forms of social media. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Today, we have Mandy with us. She's going to share her story about her son, Elliot, and her journey. I think it's going to be really special for those listening. Mm -hmm. So... Mandy, welcome. You want to say hi? Hi, friends. <laughs> Is there a NICU journey that's not special? I mean, let's be real. Yeah, that's <laughs> I so probably true. say that with everybody, <laughs> which is a good thing to say. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. also, um, Kendra and Mandy have a pretty unique and beautiful friendship, so we're getting all the friendship vibes during this podcast. <laughs> they have like a secret language with their eyes. <laughs> it's really hard to tame the energy that we feel when we get together. There's just something. Yeah. Something about I love it it's so true. much. <laughs> So Mandy, with what you're comfortable with, will you share your NICU journey and starting from before? Because I think you're wanting to share a little bit about that. Yeah, because my before kind of plays into the whole journey part of it as well. Yeah. Um, so single mom here, hello, and got pregnant when I was not in a good phase of life. And um, I... The Lord kind of used the pregnancy to get me back on track and use Elliot to get me back on track with mm-hmm. my faith and with him, which I'm very, really very much grateful for. Um, but I was on birth control and I have endometriosis. So like wow. finding out I was pregnant was like a huge shock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this should not have happened, but it did. Um, so I found out when I was three months, about three months into the pregnancy when I finally was accepted like, okay, this is probably happening. Um and for the first little bit of the journey, it was, um, I was a leader in my church in two different positions. So I had to go before like my friends and my family and my pastor and like say, Hey, guess what? I'm pregnant, which was the most humbling and terrifying experience prior to the NICU before. <laughs> I thought that was the worst part of the pregnancy. Little did I know. Um, but, and I think telling my pastor was more terrifying than telling my parents, to be honest. Uh, but he was very wonderful when I went to him and my other uh, pastor, Rachel, as well. Um, but, so the beginning of the journey was just a lot of confession, a lot of um, trying to get the dad on board. Um, I found out a little while after finding out I was pregnant that I was technically the other woman, which I even hate saying, but that's the reality of it. Um, and so about five months into the pregnancy, I just kind of like let the idea of having him be involved go. Like he would say he would show up to appointments, but he wouldn't, so on and so forth. Um, so I just finally kind of just just like, I'm going to try and wrap my mind around being a single mom now. Mm. Um, and that was like month five, like I said, (laughs) and then month six, all of a sudden I'm at my normal um it was the blood sugar glucose test gestational yes that test (laughs) thankfully that came back great (laughs) however (laughs) my blood pressure had spiked Mm -hmm. 
Um, and actually quite early on, I gained a lot of water weight pretty early on in the pregnancy. But my doctor said that could be fairly normal. And I know that um, on my dad's side, that's happened to a few of the women. So I was like, okay, cool. It's probably fine. Um, but then I didn't realize how bad I looked until looking back at the pictures. When you're, have you, yes. Have you seen you guys' selves on magnesium? It's insane. Yeah. Like, I had pictures and I was like, you don't recognize no. yourself. Oh, my <laughs> mother-in-law still laughs at those pictures. And it's okay because now I can too. But I seriously, like, thankfully you didn't say that when I was in that moment because that would have really hurt. But now yeah. we just laugh together. But awful. Oh, my gosh. Mag. I love it so much. Mag, Sometimes right? we're just going to have to have an entire podcast. It's oh. just people's mag we stories. We could do five <laughs> episodes yeah. on mags. Yeah. So. Anytime someone says that word, we all Our, go, Ugh. we have that event a couple weeks ago and it's, someone would say mag and we all go no <laughs> we all just had this come and look at each other like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a bad ex-boyfriend anyway sorry man continue no it's fine I, it's a great part of the story uh anyways um so yeah th- my blood pressure spiked that day so then um they wanted to keep an eye in it so the next week i went back in it had stayed the same or gotten higher actually and that's when they um put me on bed rest, and then gave the first steroid injection. And you were how many weeks again? Oh, at that time, I had just turned 26 weeks. Okay. Went back the next day and got the second steroid shot. And um, they put me on um, modified bed rest. And I had no idea what that was. I thought, like, you could still get up and do things, or I could go sit at work still. I didn't realize it was like, no, you can get up and pee and make food and go back to bed. Like, I didn't realize that. Um, little did I know. <laughs> and actually, backtracking, um, th- that Wednesday, the first shot day, the Sunday prior to that, I had been having a hard time breathing when laying mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. And it felt like when you get a, um, a heavy chest cold, you mm-hmm. know, that like I can't breathe. I'm like, I think I'm just getting sick. Um, and all the tests came back normal. They tested, um, apart from the blood pressure, um, urine, all the other stuff, everything. My, I felt fine. Um, no headache, no blurred vision, nothing. Um, looking back now, um, it had been, that was the start of my pulmonary edema. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was on bed rest for that weekend. Sunday came to be, and my parents came to town to see how, how I was doing. And I'm like, I'm fine, guys. Not knowing, I was so oblivious to how bad preeclampsia was. I had, I don't think I've ever, if I knew someone who had it, I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if this is serious enough, we would know what it is. And I was just uneducated. Um, had I been educated or felt like educating myself, I would have gone to the hospital that night. But um, I woke up the next morning, Monday. And I said, Mom, I'm doing worse. I can't even lay down. I can't breathe when I lay down now. We should go into the ER. And so we did. Got to the ER about noon. Um, Praise the Lord, that ER doctor is the one that listened to my lungs and heard the crackling. And he's like, all right, you're here now. And we had gone to where I was going to give birth, which was um, Burnsville. Fairview, Burnsville. And they, yes, (laughs) their their NICU only takes 30 weekers and above. So, um, that whole process was, they then tested my urine, um, then it was, their protein was in there, the x-ray confirmed 
fluid in my lungs. And it was really funny getting an x-ray because they had to ask you, are you pregnant? I said, yes. And the technician goes, what? Like, they don't ever hear that. I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. Uh, So I was like, well, whatever. Anyways, um, then the headache hit that day too. We went up, they transferred me to the OB section and the doctor came in and he goes, Mandy, you are a curious case and you don't want to be a curious case. I was like, super. Thank you. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I think it's because, uh, pulmonary edema, I'm hearing about it more and more, but it was considered and still considered a more rare side effect Mm of, uh, preeclampsia. Um, and so he had to convince the U of M to take me because they were so full at the time. They didn't want to take me. And he's like, no, you want her. And I was like, oh, great. (laughs) So, (laughs) and at this time I still had really no idea what this meant so i asked the doctor do we get a month and he's like no i'm like do we get a couple weeks he's like no i'm like do i get a week with him inside he's like potentially and i was like okay still not fully understanding what's happening right now and by this time there i'm on the meg i'm on whatever else they were giving me i have no idea um and they transferred me by ambulance to the u and then that's one of the most humbling things to be wheeled through a hospital on a gurney and you're like, what's up, guys? What's up? <laughs> and you're yeah, on the mags and you're like, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah yep. <laughs> and the movement makes you a little nauseous. You're yep. like, I'm just cousin man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. <laughs> and you were 26. I was 26 and okay. five. Yep. yep. So keep in mind, I had arrived to Burnsville at like 12 or 1230 that day. And then they had transferred me to the U by 6 or 6.30 at that night. You mentioned that you're a single mom. Yes. So for all of your bed rest, yes. were mm-hmm. you alone for most of that? Did you have people that would come sit with you at home? Or what was that like for you? Good question. My bed rest was a total of four days. Oh, okay. uh, So it wasn't bad. It was because I went on bed rest the Wednesday before I gave birth that Monday. Mm-hmm. So, and again, like I had a, I had a friend come visit me on Saturday we went for a walk. I was like, I think I can go for a walk. I don't know. <laughs> but I did. I even went to church that next day because I had obligations at church for volunteering. And I had to like tell my leaders I can't come anymore. So I still went to church. That I was so not smart at that time. Um, but uh, whatever. The Lord took care of it. And we're good now. So <laughs> um, my friend came over that afternoon. My parents were there. And I sent them all away thinking, don't fuss. I'm fine. So bed rest was nothing for me. Okay. But it would have been myself unless friends came over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I, I just want to interject really quickly. You've said a couple times, you were like, I was, I wasn't smart back then. You, first of all, (laughs) let's just get it real. Um, One thing we hear all the time with preeclampsia moms, I know maybe you can talk on this too, is that you, you have no idea, even mm-hmm. though they tell you what to look for, mm-hmm. none of them recognize it in themselves. Mm-hmm. And there are no, there, I feel like we all have the expectation that we will be one of those with the, of the 98% with a quote unquote normal pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's a, it's you're it's just one of those things you don't know until you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And like you were saying, it's not going to happen to me. One of my closest friends, her mother-in-law's a nurse and she's like, Mandy, preeclampsia is ser- serious. Like, my mother-in-law tells me all the time what goes on with this. And I'm like, oh, fine. Right. I think when I was told that I had preeclampsia, I didn't realize the severity of it. Mm-hmm. Even after, I'm going to straight up say it, Googling it, I yep. didn't know how serious it could get. Mm-hmm. Yep. And thankfully for me, I didn't experience the things that 
you will share. <laughs> so my mom had been with me from the ER on. Of course, she couldn't be in the ambulance with me, so she um, was going to drive to the U at that point in time. Um, when I got to the U, maybe you were in this room. They put me in the ICU room. I honestly don't remember. Okay. I was so It's a special of- room. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's only two there. Um, so they put me in the ICU room. I don't think I knew that at the time. Um, but then it went from, uh, hey, we're just going to kind of observe you overnight, see how it all goes. Baby looks great right now. There's not a whole lot of fluid, but he's still doing okay. As long as your BP comes down, you're set to go. Great. That goes from, okay, just kidding. Your BP is not coming down. We're going to take him tonight, but you're doing good, so we're going to go naturally. And I was like, I have not prepared mentally for natural birth. I haven't even thought about that yet. It's 14 weeks away. Mm-hmm. So I started freaking out. And then that's when um, I was alone at this time. Two of my sisters came in with my father. Um, and my dad goes, so how's it going? I'm like, they're taking him tonight. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, I'm not going to, I can't say it again, dad. Like, listen the first time. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, I just said, they're taking him tonight. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I was teary-eyed. I couldn't see. I don't know what my sisters were doing. And my sister um, and I were pregnant at the same time. I was October 4th. She was due November 3rd. So she's pregnant. I don't. I haven't even asked her how that felt for her. Um, if it even felt anything. I'm not sure. But to see your sister close to the same gestation go through this might be emotional. I don't know. But anyways. Um, after that, it kind of turns to a blur where um, it then went from, oh, nope, your your BP is still not going down with Meg and your O2 needs are going up. We have to go now. And by that time, my mom had been there and there's pictures of like my family around my bed like eating. <laughs> it's just like, what is this? <laughs> it's like one of those sitcom parts. Um and then my closest friends, uh, Cassie, two of my closest friends, Cassie and Miranda, were there as well. Um, and they said, we have to go now. I remember the anesthesiologist coming in, talking about it. I remember the NICU team coming in and talking about it a little bit. Um, Dr. Hart was my doctor, who was amazing. Um, she was very calm the whole time, which is great. Oh, and then Meg, this might be TMI, I have no idea, but it was making me start to throw up. I peed my pants and I was like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is what's happening right now. <laughs> um, and then they prayed over me, um, sent the word out to like church, family, so many responses saying everybody's praying for us. Um, they wheel me out. I remember my mom saying, love you, is the last thing I heard from that group. And then, and then being wheeled into the OR, I throw up again all over myself, over the floor. Aww. It was great. We get in there. Uh, they get me changed. Of course, you're so vulnerable, but you don't care. It's like, mm-hmm. here I am. Welcome to my life. Look how unshaved I am. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, and then I remember being transferred to the OR bed. Um, remember them putting the catheter in. Uh, remember them saying, we're waiting for the NICU team to get in here. And all I remember is thinking, I could die tonight. This could be the last thing that I see or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember telling my mom, if it's between me and him, pick him. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, you're my baby. I'm like, but he's my baby. <laughs> pick him. Um, and then the last thing I said was, take care of my baby. And they said, we'll take care of you too. 
I said, great. <laughs> and then I was out. Now, keep in mind, this is like 9.30 at night. And so I'm like, okay, I'll see you in a few hours, right? Well, I wake up and I'm intubated and it's light outside. I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) And why am I intubated? (laughs) Um, So I try signing to my, I know sign language, and I'm trying to sign to my mom like she can tell what I'm trying to say. (laughs) And she's like, Mandy, it's okay, it's okay. Baby's okay. He is fine. He's doing great. And then the nurse comes in. They're like, your BP, I don't remember any of this, by the way. Your P dropped immediately when he was born, but your the water in your lungs went higher. It got worse. And so they had to keep me intubated to see if I could breathe on my own. And then Dr. Hart and her whole team came over, because I don't know if you guys know how the U of M works, but Masonic isn't um, the West Bank. They don't have an adult ICU there. So they had to transfer me intubated mm. to the East Bank. Thank God I was out. <laughs> um, so her whole team came over. We, I guess we had a great discussion. I don't remember that. I remember nodding a lot, but I can't speak, obviously. Um, they leave. And um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep my... I have a horrible gag reflex. And one of my side effects with pregnancy was gagging. Like mm-hmm. mid-conversation, I would gag. It's really weird. I didn't know that was a side effect, but there it is. Um, so I'm trying to remain calm. Okay, a half hour. I have to keep this tube in for a half hour. I can do it. And so the nurse comes in and she goes, all right, time to pump you. I was like, okay. <laughs> so here I am with a tube down my throat. Holy oh, like, pump God. Yes. Yeah, pump with yeah. what? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So I wanted it because I wanted to breastfeed. So they were very great about getting that going mm-hmm. and so here she is pumping for me and I'm like this is great I feel like a cow that's intubated <laughs> but whatever and had you had any like had anybody told you how your son was doing my mom had sh- yes had okay. um done that uh-huh but I she's like here's pictures and I was I couldn't open my eyes so mm-hmm. I'm just like I'll look mm-hmm. at them later yeah mm-hmm. um so she got done pumping and um <laughs> I know what I love. He said, she got done pumping. (laughs) You were producing, but she was like doing it all. Yeah. 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 And you two are your closest friends. Yes. Your closest friend now. BFFs now. (laughs) That poor girl. Oh my gosh. I also like love her for that though. I'm like, you are amazing. Yep. Um, and, um, but then I just couldn't take the tube anymore and I started, my gay reflex kicked in and I, um, started throwing up. And they came in and took the tube out, thank the Lord. And um, I was able to breathe on my own. Mm-hmm. So, yay, victory. Mm-hmm. Um, they just made sure I was doing okay before they transferred me back to uh, Masonic. Um, I think they transferred me around one. So, that's all happened in a 24-hour period. So, as fast as pre- a lot of preeclampsia stories are, mm-hmm. um, it just goes, 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 goes. Mm-hmm. Um, get back to the U. Um, they put me back in the ICU room, ICU room because I'm still very unstable and my mm-hmm. BP is still fairly high. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, but it was apparently. Um, and then um, six hours later, I went to go see him. I think they wanted to make sure I was stable enough to leave bed and be able to go get wheeled in to see him. Were you wheeled, like, laying down? I was not. Okay. I did not have that story, That's like a lot I of you met. guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw yeah. a lot of mountains yeah. meet their kids like that. There was a lot in our... Yes. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. happened, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was not 
no, I was no longer paralyzed. I could sure. get in a wheelchair and be wheeled in. And I just watched that. I had I asked my dad yeah. uh, to take uh, pictures of that moment, and he was smart enough to take video. Mm-hmm. And so um, I watched it for the first time. Not because I didn't think about not, I didn't care about not watching. I just actually just like, I should probably watch this. So I did. And it was, it's interesting because you see how long it takes to get just bedside, especially in a bed, um, wheelchair even. It's like, took two nurses to maneuver everything, mm-hmm. get the bed positioned right, get me positioned right. Scrubbed in. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just like put it in your hand. And yep. Doing it for <laughs> you, right. helping you with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And, and I, the irony is, like, you've never been more dirty in your entire life. The rest of your body, like, your hair, no. <laughs> right. I have to say, my hair does not hold up well. The Lord allowed it to heal. It held up pretty darn oh, good there. I, was, I didn't even touch myself. And I had one bump in the back, but that was it. I was like, how did my hair stay so good through all oh, those hospitals? Good. I have no idea. But the whole Nick you say it, it was like that. <laughs> yes. It's so yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... the I reached my hand into the isolate, and I'm not kidding. Five seconds later, the doctor walks up and just starts talking to me. And I get it. I don't fault her for that. She was doing her job. But, like, my first meeting of my son was five seconds, and then I had to listen to the doctor speak for, I think it was, like, seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So that, that was my meeting of my son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No bitterness there at all, though. So I'm just laughing at the memes that we were talking about because there's one like that. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> yes. It happens in the medical field and world. <laughs> it does. And then they're throwing all these terms at yeah. that you now understand, but mm-hmm. back then you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds great. Sounds wonderful. You do what you got to do, I guess. So, Mandy, touching on that, we were kind of discussing how I felt right away when we were in the NICU that Tyler was able to do all of that processing and taking that in. Mm -hmm. Was that hard for you not having a significant other, the Mm -hmm. Elliot's dad Mm -hmm. being there to help you digest through that? That's Mm -hmm. a good question. Mm -hmm. Great question. I think it would have been, but praise the Lord, my family is so wonderful. Mm -hmm. So my mom was the one taking notes from the moment we walked into the ER. So um, it would have been, but thankfully her notes and then all her digging the whole time it was out. And then that first week, she was the one to ask questions. She knew the resources. She was the one to get information. I was was all like, okay. I don't know about you guys. I think, or even you, I was drugged up for the first week. I was, yeah, I don't know how, how long you guys were in the hospital postpartum. It was about a week as well. Yeah, okay, yeah, me too. Um, but that whole stay, I was just out of it. Still totally not understanding what was going on. So praise the Lord, yeah. my mom was yeah, the one absolutely. to be that person for me. Mm-hmm. So, And kind of running off of that, is that something that, because you did a really good job throughout your whole NICU stay of documenting things very detailed too. And because now Mandy posts them like two years ago, this. Um is that something you would ever recommend or give advice to moms walking through the NICU stairs right now is writing down those details, writing down those questions? Because I think sometimes we're just trying to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Did that help you process? Yes. Or, yeah. yeah. And I, to be, I, I only documented online. I did not document in a journal. I have the wonderful, my preemie book. 
still empty. I have mine too. Yeah, <laughs> I have every means to go back and fill it in. Same. <laughs> yep, that's still on my to do list because uh, it's a wonderful resource. It's a wonderful yeah. book. I love the Potato Head Project, Chris, and all that. Um, I actually admired you because at one point we were in the same nursery mm. and I looked over and I see you journaling I was like how is she journaling right now I can't even journal or read a book I can barely watch a movie in the NICU so you I think you did better than that than I did so <laughs> I admire how you both admire each other yeah, yeah. so much admiration I'm literally like, just on my hand yeah <laughs> looking back you're and glowing in the light of their friendship <laughs> I, just, I know I want Mandy to keep going with her story but I'm also like I want her to share our meeting because yes. like to me that's so special because that's where our story together begins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um we thought so Callan and Elliot are 10 days apart mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of funny how we first met like Mandy was like I am just gonna love on this new mom that's here and really <laughs> we had been like in the NICU for almost the same I mean not almost <laughs> yeah. the same town but um, yeah. like 10 days difference yeah. and <laughs> but going off of that it was also the first mom that I connected with mm-hmm. in our stay the um, only mom for a while there that I had connection with. So it was very, very special. We should absolutely touch on that at the yes. end because, yeah. again, that's the reason we started this is because some moms don't have that with mm-hmm. each other. And so um, that initiation of friendship, I'm mm-hmm. sure, was mm-hmm. beautiful. It yeah. was. It was. Yeah. You are so awesome. Ten days in, you were like, well, and you know what? I need to love on someone else. <laughs> like, it, was, it was not ten it days was, in. It was like, yeah. A month and a half in. Oh, probably. Yeah, happened. a month okay. and a half in. Well, still, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, but no, it was a month and a half. But I think part of that, though, stems from being a single mom in the NICU. Um, all my friends were beyond wonderful. Uh, but they also have lives, you know? They can't be at the hospital with you 24-7. Mm-hmm. They always check in, but my... And then same with your family. Like, I have a family mm-hmm. of nine siblings. They, my parents could not be with me 100% of the time. Initially, they were, yes, but then that yeah. dwindles as well. Yeah. So my lifeline was the NICU. It was the yeah. nurses and the other moms there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so that was part of why I wanted to do that because I, I felt energized yeah. by being able yeah. to make friends. And um, Mandy, myself, and one other mom, something unique that we, us three were able to do was to be able to be with our kids every day. Um, and mm-hmm. that's... That's not um, a possibility for all moms. Some moms have to go back to work so that they can have time off when their baby comes home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you really utilized that. You saw that mm-hmm. both Jess and I were there and yes. that we could, you know, take little moments yes. at each other's isolate sides or, yes. you know, crib sides. That's Callan so was big. Cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It is. What, and even the nurses to this day talk about our friendship. Do you yeah. know that? They do. I didn't yeah. know that <laughs> until this past time I was there visiting. And um, one of the nurses uh, goes, I just wish we had more like you three. Aww. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. That's awesome. We'll come back, but not really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on these sides of the yeah. door. Um, so, yeah, the first, the first week, I guess the big things that first week, um, I hadn't even thought about names because it went from trying to get confessing, trying to get dad involved, to comprehending what a single mom was, to like, oh, we're here and I'm a NICU mom now. What mm-hmm. does that even mean? I have no idea. I'm not going to mm-hmm. think about it. 
So I had to name my kid. And they're like, it's easier if you name him while you're in the hospital, of course. I'm like, okay. Um, so my sister, Heather, was kind enough to give me her, for whatever reason, she has a baby book full of names. She has a baby name book. So she gave it to me. She's like, here, Mandy. Thanks. <laughs> and then um, I wanted, I'm, I am one that's really big on meanings of names. And so I knew what type of meaning I wanted. And so my other sister, Sarah, came to the hospital one night and she grabbed that book and she looked at all the names that had this meaning or around this meaning and she jotted all the names down. And then she wheeled me into the NICU by his bedside and um, <laughs> we read through the names and we crossed them all off <laughs> until I got to down to two. So Timothy and um, Elliot. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Man, naming a person is really <laughs> pressureful, filled. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is their name for life. Hopefully, they don't change it. And so, um, uh, Timothy, I had a few names after some men in my life, some brothers of mine um, that I really admire and would love Elliot to grow up to be like. And um, that was where the name Timothy stemmed from. And then Elliot was one that I just liked the meaning of it. It was one of those meaning ones. Um, but. And then I, I also knew that my dad, I wanted my dad's name, Todd. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't want the initials to be E.T. and have the boy name be Elliot because that's the boy's uh, name in the movie E.T. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um, I was just thinking and praying about it, and the Lord brought to mind Elliot James Todd. And that's what he was named, Elliot James Todd. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that was one cool thing that I do remember from that first week because I don't remember a whole lot apart from that. But then after I was discharged, I was able to stay at the hospital for a little while in the boarding rooms, which is really nice, which they're on the fifth floor. They're down a creepy hallway. <laughs> and then I actually did not like it because I thought it would be nice, but then um, when there's not all the hustle and bustle, it's just this isolated floor that you think is in a horror movie it's not comforting you take the creepy over the yeah, yeah. comfort so yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm very grateful they had it so that yeah. was wonderful yes. um but you know you're just getting to the routine of pumping learning your nurses i remember being so surprised when they said i think it was like day two i was healthy enough where i could stand for a you know two minutes and they're like do you want to change your kid's diaper i was like i can do that yeah like, uh-huh. like i'm allowed to touch him yeah uh-huh. <laughs> that was so surprising to me but it was so wonderful um and then you're getting to this pumping routine and you're learning who the social workers are you're learning that your person has an occupational therapist you're like what mm-hmm. they have a dietitian what mm-hmm. it's like okay sounds good and um another thing that i was really after the drugs wore off a lot I really wrestled with um, anger towards the Lord. Like, why did you have me go through all that confession, all the stepping down, all of that to, like, have my son die? That's so not fair. It was a very much a David yelling at the Lord moment. Um, And then the Lord had to bring me from that to acceptance. There's a lot of that, like, acceptance. Acceptance. It's the whole, use a good word actually, Kendra, turbulence. People mm-hmm. say roller coaster, and I just don't like it. I think turbulence is a much better mm-hmm. word for the NICU. Yeah. It is a turbulent ride because <laughs> that is not fun to do. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, and um, then day 10 arrived, and that was when I was able to hold them for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember Brenda was my nurse. She was a very seasoned nurse. Um, but she's like, yep, let's do it. And I held him for a glorious, he survived three hours. He's alive. He survived the three hours on me where he didn't have to get put back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it was just the normal NICU time during that per- time period. Uh, day 14, I had Maddie, one of uh, Kendra's primaries. Yes. And I love her. And I loved her. And I pushed to hold him because I am one that pushed to hold my son a lot. And she did not want to because she had a right to because the tube in his throat was higher up and they were nervous about him getting self-exubated. Well, what happened? <laughs> Self-exubation. <laughs> and this was probably the worst day of the NICU. Um, I didn't realize what was going on at first until Kendra hit the button. Maddie. Maddie. Oh my gosh, Kendra, Maddie. <laughs> but highlight on how you didn't even really even realize in that moment how serious it was because she mm-hmm. was so calm. Yes, she was so calm. I could see the look of like um, really focused on what she's doing and I had total confidence in her. Um, but yeah, Maddie pushed the button. And all. I have never seen so many nurses get into a room so fast. Have you ever witnessed that? Yeah. Yeah, of course you guys have. Yeah. So it's like, and they're all here for my kid. It's like, <sighs> where do you all come from? Mm-hmm. Um, but then he started turning blue. They couldn't get the tube back and in. And he was on you? Not at this time. It was when I was putting him back into oh. the isolate. Because I actually, they complimented one of my strengths during that time. I could actually pick him up and put him back really well. They complimented me on that, which is That's... a weird thing to compliment someone on, but they did. So one of like, the best compliments in the NICU, too, right? though, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. I don't have that experience. I'm like, you go, mom. Because I was afraid to hold my full-term baby. And so right. Seriously, I get it. Um, and then I, I kept watching Maddie. And she, by this time, she knew, her, uh, she knew her role was to stand up to the side and let um, the neonatologist do their work. And Dr. Osterholm stepped in. And I think one of the worst things was not only seeing him turn blue, but to get the two back in, they had to paralyze him. So your baby goes from moving to like mm. dead still. And I was like, okay. And then the nurses kept saying, do you want to sit? Do you want to sit? And I was like, I don't know what I want. I just want to stand here and just kind of whatever. And Dr. Osterholm was just, she was so, so great. She kept saying, she kept walking me through what's happening. He made a little cry. She goes, that was your baby's voice. And I was like, I w- was too in shock to like, She's you amazing. know, she is amazing. She's amazing. She's fine. Like, yeah, she's amazing. Um, I was just like, okay, cool. But not really get the two back in. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. just a lot of all that. And then I was supposed to be leaving to go to my niece's birthday party. And we were taking, I was taking so long to come out. And uh, my parents finally come back. Like, what's going on? I'm like, he's extubated. They're like, what? So anyways, um, in that time period, I met Jess, our other friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not introduce myself to her. My mom overheard her husband talking on the phone and then uh, realized he was a Christian and then he started walking away so she literally chased him down the hallway to get his phone number. <laughs> She's like, wait, my son, my daughter's back there. You should meet her. And then we exchanged numbers, whatever. Um, but we were in nursery two and actually when Sam was born, he was a 23-weeker. Um he was put in the isolate bay right next to ours. So I actually witnessed a lot of Sam and Jordan and Jess's first with him. Little did I know they would become such a big part of our lives later. They were, the, they were my first connection family there. Um, I, I mainly talked to Jordan first. Jess was getting into her routine of pumping and all that kind of stuff. She was really, really focused on that. I was very admirable of her determination because... Pumping for me was very anxiety driven. I actually stopped pumping, I think, 
five or six weeks into it because I couldn't do it anymore. It was, it wrapped up my anxiety too much where it was unhealthy to pump. I think that's a really good thing to note for NICU moms. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that I always say fed is best. Mm -hmm. Whether it is an NG tube, by mouth, by breast, whatever, your baby is getting nutrients. By TPN, your baby is getting fed Mm -hmm. and you are doing the best that you can do. Mm -hmm. And when you shared that with me, I just was so grateful that you were knowing what you needed to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't think, I think there's so much pressure on us as moms yeah. to breastfeed mm-hmm. and um, breast milk is the best milk and it's, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. But feeding your baby mm-hmm. in any form is great. So mm-hmm. ladies, if you need permission, you have permission to quit mm-hmm. pumping or whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like give that, give yourself that. Um, so I was, I was really admirable about Jess because she was so regiment on that. And so Jordan and I got to know each other first a lot. And Jess will say, I thought I was with you all the time. But really, she was by her son's bedside, and Jordan was the one meandering. So um, it's kind of funny, the different perspectives yeah. on spouses versus, you know, the wives there. Um, um, so I'll, I mean, in, in the first five weeks, it, we did an extubation trial, um, some steroids. My son did, was a hard weaner off of um, oxygen. So it was a bunch of steroids for him to get him to lower his O2 needs. Um, it was the jet. It was the oscillator. It was the jet. It was a middle night phone call saying, hey, we don't know why your son's um, really needs went up or O2 needs went up, but he's on the oscillator now. Um, hey, that middle of the night phone call. Those are never fun. I was going to bring that up when you said that middle of the night phone call. Has mm-hmm. that did that or are you still did that traumatize you in any sort of way going forward with a phone call like anytime your phone would ring or I mean any of those calls I think Mm -hmm. I don't think people may realize that for a long time I think after you come home from the NICU your phone the tone or the ringtone that you hear could really be a trigger Mm -hmm. and really set you off because you're like (gasps) I mean Mm -hmm. those middle of the night phone calls are traumatizing because mm-hmm. you're sleeping you're trying to rest and heal yourself and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're waking up from yeah. a phone call yeah I think that is that's very true in my situation the Lord allowed that to happen on a night when I actually asked to stay in the hospital I don't know why I did I just did not want to go home mm-hmm. and then my mom happened to stay with me too so it was like this divine story and actually the nurse downstairs, the um, MP was so confident that like, hey, we got this. Just go back to sleep. I was like, okay. Of course, I did not go back to sleep, but I stayed resting. Um, and then by the time I went down in the morning, he was fine again. So it's just mm-hmm. the Lord. It was one of those times where you just see the Lord's hand on that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those can be very traumatizing. It, yeah. But that was one thing. It wasn't for me. Okay. Do you know what's weird? I still have not thrown the toothbrush away that I use in the hospital. Hmm. That's, I can't do it. So I have my own quirks. <laughs> it's still in my bathroom, whatever. Um, getting to know my primaries, um, Jess, Elena, Jana, Ashley, they were my lifeline there. Um, when I was back in Maddie's good graces, her uh, <laughs> her and I were partiers at, in the NICU. She would, we'd get food together. It was so much fun. Aww. Yeah. Um, and then five weeks and one day came, and that's when they decided to 
extubate him and see how he did on CPAP again. The first trial lasted a few hours and that did not go very well. They reintubated him. And then he went to CPAP and he, for two weeks, uh, he was on high, like at peeps of 16 and 17, like borderline being reintubated for two whole weeks. That was a, a very emotionally draining two weeks. I think that was probably maybe the most emotional draining two weeks of the NICU because literally numerous times a day it was like, we're going to reintubate. Oh, just kidding. He's fine. Oh, we're going to reintubate. Oh, just kidding. We're doing good now. It was a lot of back and forth. You know, in this whole trial period and waiting period and like, is he going to be reintubated? Is he not? You go through a lot of emotions. And one thing that I did to process through everything in the NICU was go back and read nurses' notes in Elliot's and Mai's chart. And in our charts, I didn't realize that social workers make notes too. Um, <laughs> and to read through the social workers' notes, like, or even um, the chaplain there, going back and seeing how the Lord again used people, because I was a single mom, am a single mom, um, to help navigate those emotions. And I was very real. So out in the, I would cry out in the open. I didn't care. I was like, this is what I'm feeling right now, and this is how I'm doing, and this is where we're at. So I was one that had no shame. And I think that is a testament to those praying over our situation because I don't think I would have been as healthy as I was had it not been for the backbone of those, those praying over me. So, um, but then came like the whole anxiety that was in those two weeks of high peeps and high everything. I went to church. I went back to church for the first time or the second time. And they all asked how Elliot was doing. I had one friend ask, where's Elliot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hospital. That was like a bad thing for me. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Some people get really hurt by that, and I get that. But for me, it was like, <laughs> he's at the hospital, idiot. <laughs> She's here? <laughs> yeah. It was a funny thing. <laughs> um, he felt bad. He asked that. Um, but I kept saying, he's probably going to get reintubated today because it's not looking very good. And I like came to terms with it finally. I get to the hospital. I see Jordan. I'm talking to him. My oh, my favorite RT walks by. I'm like, he's intubated, isn't he? He goes, she goes, no, he's doing better. I was like, what? <laughs> and then I totally abandoned our conversation with Jordan. And I go, and it was like, from that point on, he was doing relatively okay with that. And that was almost like a turning point. I think the doctors thought at that point his PDA might have closed because he still had an open PDA um, that they did rounds of Tylenol for. And just decided, they decided to not... Um, close it. They figured it would close on its own, which it did. Um, but that's when, like, those things that you that we miss in the NICU, like we don't get that first look we think we're gonna get. We don't get that first hold we think we're gonna get. Um, we don't even get to give the first technical bath that we want to give because they get sponge baths, baths, mm. baths, <laughs> baths. <laughs> um, but uh, my one day, my our primary nurse Jess was working, and she's like, "Want to give Elliot a bath?" I was like, "Yes, <laughs> we got to give him a bath." Then um, he went on Nava CPAP. Throughout that time, um, he pulled his Nava tube out, and they did not reinsert it, and we didn't realize because they at that point they were using just the Nava tube to feed, <laughs> and that was the only tube that was in him at that time because he had a bad. Um, he has really bad GERD to this day. Mm-hmm. And so the two tubes were too hard for him. And he pulled out his Nava tube while he was eating, and I didn't realize it. So I stood up, and it was a great disaster, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't realize he had his tube out, and they're like, he's doing great without it. So they kept it out, which is he could breathe on his own. 
Um, the the only scary thing that happened after that was he did get an infection in his, in his cheek somehow. Um, and then the doctor at the time was nervous that it would spread to his um, spine. So they did a spinal tap. And when your baby's three pounds, watching a spinal tap be done is Ugh. horrible. Again, that night, praise the Lord, my social worker happened to come see how I was doing. And she sat with me the whole time. She didn't say anything. She just sat with me. And that's what I needed. It was just mm-hmm. someone present and that happened more often than I can remember you know yeah, like it just yeah. it's just sit next to me I don't want to talk I just want someone present and I had a few friends that were willing to do that mm-hmm. and that was one night when she did it for me so yeah. there's something so powerful mm-hmm. about that so if any of you are listening and you are listening to learn how to support somebody that's walking through a NICU today mm-hmm. that might be just the thing that they need yes mm-hmm. and not know how to I didn't know how to ask just come sit right. and not talk. How do you right. ask someone to do right, that? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> come yeah. be with me, but don't interact with me, please. Right. Yeah. You know, so. I want to see you, but I yes. don't want to hear you. Yes, right. <laughs> pretty much, exactly. Yeah. Um, after another round of steroids, he weaned very nicely, even some more. Um, and then um, we got moved. It was so beautiful. Oh, during this time, too, it's when I met Kendra. It was the first day my mom was able to hold Elliot. <laughs> And I see, and there's pictures, and Kendra's in the background. I'm like, oh, that's the first, (laughs) there's Kendra back there. (laughs) (laughs) The Callum signs in the back. (laughs) It's pretty great. And then um, since my mom was holding him, I think I was going to go get lunch or something. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided to go, hey, Kendra, or I didn't know her name at the time. I'm like, hi, I'm Mandy. I see I may have said I think you're new. I don't remember what I said. I just know you saying, hi, I'm Mandy. And she was so bubbly and obviously you can probably tell through this podcast she is a very bubbly outgoing loving human being i've never felt so like yeah i think we're gonna make good friends in a moment i'm just more of a shy quiet reserved but it was her boldness in just reaching out was huge for me it took me a long... I actually had noticed you for quite a while. It's like I'm dating her. Yeah. <laughs> so flattered. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. I had noticed you for a while. I was like, I should really introduce myself. And then that day, I was just like, I should just do it now. So I did. I'm very glad I did. So little did I know that it was... You had already been there for a few weeks. And I was like, hey, well, this new mom. I'm going to make friends with her. It's great. <laughs> and, but then that day one, we got into the calendar right away. Like, mm-hmm. it was like... Yep, he is one in six at the time, we thought. And yeah, yeah. it was Very like, small. I was like, what? So, Well, yeah. I think everyone kind of, when you think of the NICU stay, and, you know, you've seen us of things that have been posted on Dear NICU Mama, but you think of those miraculous little itty-bitty babies fighting for their lives, and I feel like when you're a full-term baby in the NICU, eyes are kind of drawn to you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I just... I think that right there is like, whoa, you got a big baby. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, there's no hiding him in an isolate. He's in an open isolate or a crib, yeah. and there he is. Mm-hmm. Like, So I think it's it was easy to make conversation about him because mm-hmm. it's like, yep, there's my son. <laughs> and that's part of when you were saying meet people in the NICU too. Like you, for those of you women that are questioning or debating meeting someone, or maybe you guys can attest to this for those that are out of the NICU and have made friends, like you meet each other at your worst. Like (laughs) you become friends at your worst. And that I think is beautiful Mm -hmm. as much as it is painful, but your friendship stands, you don't get lower than that, hopefully, Mm prayerfully. 
So I remember thinking about Jordan and Jess, and um, I think week one of me knowing them, their son had the heart surgery, and it was just yeah. like they were terrified. You just get to know people and their mm-hmm. triggers right off the bat. So, right. Mm-hmm. Right. and then with Kendra, she was. I think that I was. He was pretty close to his mm-hmm. worst. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't long after we moved into that nursery that he yep. had his worst. And I remember yeah. mm-hmm. um, meeting, well, I met Mandy, obviously, before Callan's worst. And we'll touch on that in my podcast when we do that. But um, I was one of the families that made them not be able to see their kids for a few hours yep. um, because they had to get the call that you can't come in to the NICU yet. We're having a surgery. <laughs> and so, you know, we kind of, they knew, they knew that that was Callan. They mm-hmm. knew to be there for me in that moment. Mm-hmm. And both Jess and Mandy were amazing with that. And, and we just, were very happy to not be in the room yeah. and be there for you in that way yeah. during that time. I mean, not happy, but like, like it yeah. was okay that we weren't thinking about our own children at that time. We were yeah. thinking about you and Callan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, the day one was, uh, I think, five minutes into us meeting. She was videotaping Callan's eyes to see if he was having a seizure or yeah. not. That was yeah. that was our first meeting. Yeah. Like, yep, yep. that's like, it. This that's is real. our kid. <laughs> yep, this is reality, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the most beautiful thing happened, uh, being that uh, Jess and Jordan's son, Sam, was so little, he was in the nursery with the RTs. He was stable enough to move into our nursery. So it was the three yeah. of us mm. for 24 hours before they took us away. <laughs> <laughs> so for 24, 24 glorious hours, we were all together in the same nursery mm. before moving to the nursery Callan came from. Yes. Nursery six. Mm-hmm. The bowling alley. Um, in the bowling alley, a stable. That's when I realized that one of my triggers for my son, and even to this day, is choking. How CPAP, they gargle and they choke on the water from the CPAP. Mm-hmm. To this day, choking terrifies me in the... If he coughs, I'm, the, the, that's when the heart rate starts going. Because mm-hmm. um, there are so many times when you have to, that's one of my triggers is mm-hmm. choking. That was the worst, that was the extent of the worst part of the nursery six. Um, had my birthday while I was there. Mm-hmm. The, birthdays in the NICU are super fun. Um, and then we got transferred to what I called the NICU, the NICU heaven of the NICU, which is floor 11, which is where you get your private rooms. You get to stay with your baby as much or as little as you want. I never left that room. I was, I was literally in my pajamas for that whole month. I'm not, that's not sarcastic. Like I was, (laughs) but it was great. Beautiful pictures of Mandy in this beautiful floral robe. Um, I'm not kidding when I say this, like beautiful and they're just she's beaming because you could tell she's just like this is what it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be like Mm -hmm. yep it was wonderful it was great uh so the heaven and the NICU I we stayed there uh I think September 13th through so through October 15th so the last month we were there so whatever that is day 75 or something through day 104 and we just worked on feeding, and he took a while to feed. Feeding took his time. It's fine. He's doing great now. It's great. <laughs> Can't even tell. <laughs> um, and then it was just, it was it was literally like being there for Kendra. The, at that time, my son was stable enough where like I could be there for Kendra. I could be there for Jess when Jess was having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got to, I mean, the whole eye exams, crossing that off the list. He has no ROP, praise the Lord. Um, crossed off hearing. It's great. Um and then we thought we had a week left, and all of a sudden it was, you're going home. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. And then at that time, you're like, I don't want to go home. This is my home now. This is our home. How do, how do I do this without nurses? He's, he went home on oxygen, so the whole oxygen training, 
all that kind of stuff. But rounded out very well. We spent the first, no one at, none of my family stayed with me from day one at the home. So we just went home. It was just the two of us. They stayed that night like through and then they all left and it was just him and I from that moment on. Praise the Lord for going home on oxygen and having an oximeter because mm-hmm. if that, and the outlet, I will, I hands down love the outlet too. So yeah, yeah. that's our story. That's kind of a hard wrap, but the whole the last month was really nothing special. It was me. One nurse made the comment, um, you really do hold your son all the time, don't you? I was like, do not judge me. <laughs> yes, I do. Thank you very much. I remember that being kind of hard for you, and now I see it on different social media things, um, people telling parents, get a break. Go away. Mm-hmm. Go do this. You know, yes. get out. Yes. But that's not what every mom mm-hmm. needs to do mm-hmm. and I just always kind of chime in and I think of you every single time because that's what you needed to yes. do mm-hmm. even my own mom was like from from maybe week three Mandy get out of the hospital go do something have mm-hmm. self-care even in the hospital when they offered massages or haircuts or painting your nails manicures what are we three uh manicures um <laughs> Go do that. And I'm like, that gives me anxiety. I don't want to. My self-care is sitting by my son. If self-care for you is going out, do it. That's wonderful. Just if you need to be by by the son or your daughter's bedside, do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think from your episode, moms will take many things away. But one of the big things being just the importance of of making the effort to connect with other NICU moms. Mm -hmm. And granted, that's why we started Dear NICU Mama was because um, not every mom has that innate ability like you to meet Mm -hmm. other moms, but hopefully this gives other moms courage to do that. I hope so. You know, like where they hear that it took, it took guts to reach out to Kendra, but now like Mm -hmm. seeing you guys interact, me and Martha are just sitting here like, oh, I'm so happy. (laughs) You know, but um, Mm -hmm. it takes guts and sometimes you don't want to bother because you're like, I know you're going through hard things. Like, will you Mm -hmm. be annoyed? But some of the most meaningful friendships I created in the NICU Mm -hmm. were the same thing. I would see Mm -hmm. them in the cafeteria and I'd be like, are you a NICU mom? I think I've seen you upstairs. Right. <laughs> and now I just saw her at a restaurant yesterday and it was like, we came right back to that moment. Yeah. But giving moms permission that you don't have to do it alone. No. Mm-hmm. There's other moms mm-hmm. there that could become your lifelong mm-hmm. best friend. Because like you said, you see each other at your worst. Yes. There's no like small mm-hmm. talk. It there's is like not. you go no. right to the yep. deep stuff. Yep. 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 I think yep. my son's having a seizure. My son's yep. having heart surgery tomorrow. All right, then. Let's yep. do this. Yep. Right. Yep. I'm yep. going to bring you coffee. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, yes. and maybe, you know, you talked about self-care earlier, mm-hmm. but maybe that's a way that moms can think about it. Yes. Connecting yeah. with other people is yeah. a way to take yes. care of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you feel anxious leaving or you feel anxious, you know, mm-hmm. someone's like, do a sheet mask, and you're like... Say the word she Maybe what you need is connection for other people. Yes. I mean, I think you are obviously so self-aware to know what you need mm-hmm. um, and to assess what support groups you have. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I think you're great. So mm-hmm. maybe a final question we yeah. could ask you would be um, not to keep going back to the single yeah, parent no, thing, fine. but I think yeah. it's an unreached NICU mm-hmm. group. Yes, I agree with that actually. And so. What encouragement would you give to another single parent in the NICU that is just, they're in it for the long haul and they maybe don't even have the support system that they need? What encouragement Mm -hmm. would you give them? Especially going home, too. That's another huge case. Yes. Yes. Um, I think my favorite line to anybody but can apply to single parents 
um, even more so is the line that you are not alone. Like mm-hmm. you are not alone. We are here for you. Um, whether it be online, like reach out and don't be, reach out, even if you don't have a support system in your own personal life, social media is a great way to get that support system. Um, reach out, uh, be vulnerable about what you need. I know that's scary and it's hard to do that at any point in life, much less when you're own, in a more vulnerable place in life. Um, but ask an online community, is anybody in Minneapolis, Minnesota that can help support me? utilize that also your social workers utilize those social workers too because they can also direct you to some support groups that can help as well and if you're not outgoing um i don't know what that's like um (laughs) but somehow try and connect with the nurses they were along with jess kendra they were my lifeline the nurses were are my family um Mm -hmm. Some of my nurses still watch my son to this day. We mm-hmm. still get together and hang out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out to who you need to reach out to and be vulnerable. Um, and it's it's not, when you come out of it years later, it's not as scary as you think. <laughs> it is going home, too. I think I remember thinking at home with oxygen being a single mom first of all just caring for a normal healthy kid much less a vulnerable infant it's going to be okay you, you have it's going to be a hard transition for anybody to, to transition from NICU mindset to home mindset um give yourself grace and again, just be real. Be honest about what you need. And there are support. There is support out there. There mm-hmm. is, and people can help direct you to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I'm actually working with Masonic now to do more single parent things. Awesome. So, yeah, which is going to be great. That's great. Mm-hmm. I feel like it still generalizes anybody, but like, I think it's more important for yeah. single parents to say what you need mm-hmm. and don't be shy. If there's, I once heard somebody say, and I don't know how it goes, maybe it was one of you. Oh, wait, no, it was at our Dear Nikki Mama event um, when Natalie was saying, you know, if there's not something there for a support group or whatever, create it because it, this world needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you're creating mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You're, I don't remember how she worded that. It was so much more eloquent <laughs> and beautiful than that, but yeah. I'm not as fast as Ashley is, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's taking me almost See, two and a half years to be like, no. okay, I have the energy now. Yeah. So I want this on record. <laughs> yeah. I'm scooting my chair close to say this. Okay. Ashley I, is so crazy amazing. She, I don't even know if, if Silas was home from the hospital yet. And you were like, I think we should start a nonprofit for NICU moms. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll do the paperwork. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah. Do you reflect yeah. on how cool you are? All of the Seriously. time. Yes. No. Do you, Into the no, mic. Say that. No, honestly, I was sitting at our dear NICU mama event mm-hmm. and I was tearing up. Thinking about you and thinking about how just humble you are, because I don't think yeah. you realize how beautiful and important and just touching so many moms' lives. Mm-hmm. I don't think you realize how yeah. amazing you are. <laughs> and I was like, I just, I, how did she not feel just like Beyonce? Come on. <laughs> well, I said, you're Beyonce, she's Oprah, I'm Gail. Oprah, true. 
true. Yeah. Who do you want to be? <laughs> Audience member. <laughs> you got all the free a stuff. Yeah. I want all the free stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to be Ellen. <laughs> You'd be a great Ellen. <laughs> I could totally see you being a talk show host and a really, really good one. That'd be so fun. That would be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. You ladies are great. <laughs> Don't really cut good. that out about you, Ashley. Look how long you guys are the best. Sorry. Like I said, I think we could talk for four hours yeah, easily. Okay. Just all of our yeah. personalities feeding off each other and just mm-hmm. all of our shared experiences. Yes. Just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Love fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was an honor. Yes, to share um, our story. Again, mm-hmm. it was just fun to see your guys' friendship, now that you've even been out of the NICU for a couple of years, yes. to see it still mm-hmm. thriving. And mm-hmm. again, that these friendships you make in the NICU don't really end in the NICU. They don't. They don't. Because you have stuff to share mm-hmm. um, outside of it. And yes. You know, even understanding things like cold and flu season and yes. what it means to hibernate and not yes. having to explain yourself yes. is just a gift. And yes. so it's it's awesome to see your guys' friendship still thriving. And yes. And I will say this. I feel like we give the picture that we talk like five times every hour. <laughs> we talk five times in two months. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah. yes. Our group text is like somebody will send yeah. this long like – this is the crap that's going down in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Please pray. And then it'll be like no five one hours responds. later, yeah. five days later. <laughs> and you're like, I have been thinking about you. But we don't have to explain each other. No. It's life. Mm-hmm. We know that we're all mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in a wow, season. So cool. And yeah, yes, we just pick cool. right back. Well, Mandy, thank you so much. Thank you for, for having For taking me. time out of your busy life to talk with us. I think... I know that your podcast episode is going to reach a lot of moms and especially the underreached single moms of, of NICU Babies Group. And or, or fathers. Or I fathers. I think it was that one story that just happened. He was going to be, before oh. the baby passed away, he's going to be a single mom, single dad. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for um, letting Martha and I just watch you guys. <laughs> it was so great. It was. It was fun to just be on the outside and see an IQ, um relationship flourishing like that. Flour- flourishing. Flourishing like that. As always, we're going to link in the show notes how you can stay connected with Dear NICU Mama. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful rest of your day. If you love this podcast and would like to hear more amazing stories, please consider becoming a member of the Dear NICU Mama Patreon page. In addition to special merchandise and early access to content, Patreon members support the mission, programs, and services of Dear NICU Mama. You can find the link on the description of this episode. As always, if you'd like to hear more from Dear Nikki Mama, click subscribe. Welcome to the sisterhood.